Hi, people. Welcome to another episode of the One Question Podcast. If you're new to this podcast, this is the podcast where I get to ask impressive people just one question. And with me today is none other than Kemi Faladun. Kemi, welcome to this podcast. Hi, Busayo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I think it would be nice if you could, you know, introduce yourself, you know, what you do, what you like, any way you would normally introduce yourself at a party somehow. That would be good. That would be a great place to start. Okay. Um. Well, I'm a writer and journalist. Um, I live in Lagos. I, yeah, my work, my, that's what I do really. Um, I, I tell stories in, I, I try to tell stories in different forms, but yeah, my primary form is um, text writing. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really all. Um, <laughs> I mean that's okay. That yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, we tend to introduce ourselves as what we do, right? Like you know, when I ask people uh, to introduce themselves, like, oh yeah, I'm a product designer, I'm a writer, and this, yeah, yeah. That's I don't know why I'm just saying that, but that's very interesting. But apart from what you do, I I've also known you for a while because yeah. you know I think I've known you for more than. 15 years yeah. now like we yeah, basically well. spent our childhood kind of together in boarding <laughs> yes. school and um yeah i've always known you as um i think you were more of a reader back then because we we're always swapping novels and uh you know uh others novels also it's harley queen um mm-hmm. romance so novels back then um, oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. i was obsessed with all those novels yeah and, uh, I, and and then uh, I think it was in uni and you became more of a, you know, writer. And then, I don't know, I think you, maybe you wrote back in secondary school, I can't remember. But I think I, I knew more of you as a writer in, uh, in uni. And I think that's actually part of your core identity, you know. I can't recall what you studied again in uni. Microbiology. Yeah. <laughs> but, but writer is more of like an identity for you more than anything. I think when I'm trying to make is that uh, you seem to make uh, stories and uh, uh, maybe not just like you know fiction, but all form of storytelling as part of uh, what what you do. And uh, what I've noticed recently is that you also used it as a form of maybe protest. You know, with the whole NSAS thing going on, you created uh, this platform called Pobin Project. If I'm getting that right, the Pobin Project, which is like the uh, police brutality in nigeria stories right um can you yeah. talk like you know give, give yeah. that more context you know the problem project yes so yeah i'm a writer i'm a yeah storyteller i try to tell stories i i, I believe in the power of stories in how you know narratives shape us in a way our existence and how we yeah how we view the world really so so yeah, we are born and there are the stories, there are the things in the background, there are the things existing, and then we are born into that environment, into those realities and those stories, and then we have to like make off, you know, find a way to just fit ourselves into those things that are already existing, or you know, and just yeah. So um, so yeah, I believe stories are powerful, and then when when but the idea of of public projects came out of the need to, you know, document these stories, stories of police brutality. You know, I was just thinking about. Um, about the fact that so it was a few, it was in June it was just it was a few days to um, to the opposite anniversary 
Apple six, um, this group of six friends in 2005, they, they died, they were killed by police, a group of policemen. And um, so, yeah, it sparked a really, it decided a lot of outrage then, even back in 2005 when there was no social media or anything. Um, I mean, I, I really don't remember, <laughs> but yeah, I, I read about, yeah, I, I read about it later and everything, and I thought this is really horrible. So I decided to, you know, talk to the family members that was like two years ago and um, I met with the family with the relatives and I wrote something so yeah in June this year it was going to be yeah the 15th anniversary a few days to this 15th anniversary and I was just thinking about you know there were just so many stories and Tina and Tina Izekwe she had just died like a few days earlier you know and I thought oh there have been so many stories people just keep dying and dying and dying and then you know, one hashtag trend, we we fight, we're angry for like a couple of days and then we move on, you know. And another thing happens and then we move on and that thing happens and then we move on. Um so I thought yeah to be I think um so I thought yeah I thought to be like good to have like a just to have a platform that anybody can access where we can just put all these stories. So we I thought it was important for us to remember, you know, collectively and and also that was that was how the idea came to be and yeah so that was it's like okay yeah how can we how can these stories you know push us to demand you know to demand more as a people or to what can these stories do for us personally and you know communally so yeah so that was just it and then a few months later yes as protest started and it was just yeah yeah uh, for those who are listening, if you are not um, if you are not conversant about the NSAS uh, protest, I suggest you Google it. It's basically a protest that's been going on in Nigeria for almost a month now. So a lot of young people are calling for an end to police brutality, which is uh, almost an issue everywhere. But in Nigeria, is kind of targeted towards young people, you know, killing people. And uh, like Kemi said, you know, the upper six and um, a young girl, a teenager who was like uh, 16, 17, and she mm-hmm. was killed by the roadside. You know, it's a lot of stories, a lot of horrifying stories. And um, yeah, I think what, what actually made uh, the, this popping project uh, even more important is the fact that even before the NSARS project came on, you already uh, you were already working on it. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think my question to you, if you're ready, is what did you hope to accomplish? What did you think? Um, I mean, did you think it was going to be significant when you started? And uh, and even now that the whole NSAS project is like being clamped down, what do you think it can still do? You know, by documenting these stories, what do you still hope to accomplish? Um, that makes sense. <laughs> well, when we, so when the I came. I, I talked to a couple of friends, and then we just got to work. So there was it just it just felt urgent at that moment. That okay, yeah, we we need to do this. We need to do this right now. And then we started, and uh, and I was like, you know, writing stories, trying to reach out to people, who, you know, design the website and blah blah blah. So we launched um, in, in August and August second, yeah. So um, what I I thought was, and so from the from the re, you know reactions or from the responses. In the lot of possible response, like, oh yeah, great. I mean, this is important. This is important. It's important for us to document this. And I know that you know documenting these stories are important. You know, archiving is important because you know 
if stories are not important, the government will be like twisting and turning to, you know, changing the narrative the way they've been doing this past few few weeks. You know, um so yeah, the, a lot a lot has happened this past few weeks since the Lekki massacre. You know, there have been people, you know, trying even on social media on Twitter, you know, just twisting the narrative, saying, Oh, you know, protesters started this or they became violent or, you know, um People, nobody was shot. Even the government was lying. Everybody was lying. Nothing happened. We all saying, "Oh, nothing happened. Nothing happened." You know, shouts and fake news all over the place. So I think, so having these stories or having the, the fact that we all witnessed this, you know, moment collectively is is one thing. And but, but I think even in the midst of, um, you know, a a general incident or a collective incident is still important to have like individual perspective and find a way to relate you know i, I always believe of course there are intersections between public and private memory so um so yeah just to avoid distortion because even like right before our eyes like they are distorting the stories the things we saw we saw live videos and then they came and said oh the government said oh nothing nothing happened no and then the president addressed, you know, in his speech, he, he didn't even say anything about the, you know, massacre. I didn't, as if it never happened. And then, you know, started getting, you know, the after the, the few, you know, the days after the event, you know, we just got a lot of stories that like, oh, fake news. They did not die. Nobody died. Okay, if they truly died, why are you not seeing? You know, why is nobody mm-hmm. talking that oh, they've lost their loved ones? So it was just all messy, but mm-hmm. but we knew what we we saw. We knew what happened. You know. People, you know, wrote their own personal experiences and all that. So I think stories are important for us to, apart from you are bearing witness to the present, um, it's also important for us to look back. Because that period, in fact, even till now, I mean, nothing, nothing, even till now, they're still trying to, you know, shut us all up and all that. But, um, and so everything makes you question what you know or what you think you know about history, you know. Um, if right before eyes, every all these things are happening. So you can imagine, like, so I mean, it doesn't mean everything I read or everything I thought I knew. What, what if it's just like twenty percent that is true or something? So, um, but it's also important. But I mean, we are here. We are still alive. Is I, I think it's important for us to still be able to, you know, document things that are happening for, you know, for future for. For ourselves, because I think that even though, yeah, even despite everything that has happened this past few weeks, I think that moment, the two weeks where we, you know, we all felt like we had power, where we felt like we had a say, it was an important moment for all of us. I think for Nigerians everywhere, for those who participated and mm-hmm. witnessed, it was, I, I was so proud to be alive, <laughs> you know, and I think that there's been a shift, hopefully, in some way, even though, um, I mean, things might hopeless and and, and everything, things are really becoming really difficult, you know, it's, it's, they just don't want us to have a voice. I mean, we only asked for one thing and then they've been, they've killed so many people. They just don't want us to have any say, you know, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but yeah, even in the midst of it, I believe that there's been a shift. We, we, we saw what we saw, we witnessed what we witnessed. And I think it's better for us to, 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 to go ahead with that or to move on without, without you know, and it was tangible, what witness was tangible, and I think it's better for us to hold on to it, because it's always, it's, it's what will push us through this moment, it's what still make us to demand more, because, I mean, 
that's why everything people are not tired you know people are still talking about yeah we need to still protest we need to still protest they cannot kill mm-hmm. us all mm-hmm. you know and i think yeah. we need that um do yeah as much as we need to be tactful and know we, we also can't afford to give up so i think stories are important in how we in how we navigate yes. the world generally in, in the things we choose to see the things we choose to focus on the things we choose to fight for or fight against so st- stories as a form of activism, you know. Yeah, you know. yeah, activism really form of resistance in its own way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, going through the poem project itself, I also see it as a way uh, to honor the dead. You know. Yeah. I mean, we may not get justice for them, but the very, I mean, the least we can give them is the to give them an honorable mm-hmm. memory yeah. kind of yeah. thing like that. Yeah. Yeah, mm. because I mean, most times we. Yeah, we thought to be a way to, you know, see them beyond statistics. You know, we hear that, oh, 10 people died today or 20 people died because or police shot a group of friends today or something like that. And we don't know their names, we don't know their faces. So, yeah, it's a good way to actually, um, I mean, I think it's important to actually, like, you know, honor the memorialize them, you know, because they didn't ask for it. They were just regular people going about their day and they were Nigerians as well. They were part of us or they are part of us. They are still part of us, I, I believe, in some way. So, um, so yeah, even as we try to push through or, or you know, press on, um, yeah, we still also have to remember those who have participated in this struggle, you know, in, in different ways. So to remember their names, to remember their faces and what they stood for, what they did, you know, their lives, who they loved, what they wanted, their passion, did they want to sing like sleek or did they want to were they just you know were they just going about their day yeah. driving their kids to school um mm. you know yeah. so um yeah who were they you know i love that i mean it's so easy to, to just think of the numbers you know think of them as a start but the moment you mm-hmm. begin to humanize them the moment you begin to like tell the stories behind the numbers like you realize that that could be me that could be you know someone i loved and they too loved someone mm-hmm. yeah i think you know stories just humanizes people anyways mm-hmm. uh thank you kemi for all you do um do you guys accept donations for this project you know just in case someone wants to like donate and stuff we got some donations actually because we had to like so we got more volunteers more hands to like interview people to write more writers so of course we had to like give them mm-hmm. something so yeah we got donations but then i had to use my personal account which was you <laughs> but since mm-hmm. then i mean we just so we're still trying to sort that out but as soon as we sort that out find a way to you know, accept donations because um, there's just so much we need to, to do and for us to do good work, of course, we need money, donations. So, um, but when, when when the time is right, I'll, for now, I'm not comfortable using my personal account anymore. Yeah, yeah, um, that, yeah, that, so, that makes sense. Well, we can expect the Pobin Project to keep on doing the good work, to keep on fighting the good fight. Yeah thank you okay all right thank you for answering my questions that was more than one question but <laughs> yeah like yeah one question but it was still all the same and it's fine yeah i hope that's how my listeners say it that way all right thank you so much kemi for coming on today i really enjoyed the conversation and thank, thank you for you and that's it for this episode people in this episode we've learned our stories 
are an important component of activism. You know, when we request for justice, we also have to humanize the victims of systems like police brutality. And as always, the hashtag for this protest in particular is NSARS on Twitter, NSARS on Instagram, NSARS. So collectively as a people, we have to continue to fight for justice and make sure the people who are dead didn't die in vain. So until next time, my name is Busayo Uwale. Have a good week.